0: On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, it is the brightest conversation in Hamilton podcasting. Jamie West joins me and we have all kinds of things to talk about from canceling people for statements they made when they were young teenagers to governments deciding what food we should be allowed to buy or food to eat to whether or not you should be required by law to save money for your retirement. And on and on and on. Even whether or not we should be able to reanimate your dead relatives. They're being talked about. Stay with us.
1: Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML.
0: There are a lot of great shows and great broadcasters on the station. Bill Kelly, Scott Thompson, Roy Green, and... The guy who joins me now, and there's others too, but the guy who joins me now right near, right at the top of that list, one of the best radio guys in this city for years. He used to do TV before that. Now he does other stuff you hear is commercials for his other business on the show here Uh, he's not only a great broadcaster who has his own show it's appropriately known as the jamie west show which you can hear saturday mornings from 10 till 11 here on chml he's also the executive producer of this show he does all kinds of things including as it turns out joins me this friday evening sir how are you
2: hey i'm i'm great scott obviously you got the check that i sent you earlier this week uh Cause that was one glowing introduction just as we rehearsed perfect thank
0: you Th- thank you very much I, it takes me four or five tries to get it just right but uh <laughs> i'll go now back to the live programming not the recorded part because it took me a while perfect uh how are things
2: you know what things are uh, okay i feel like the uh i feel like the, i can feel the end of covid coming i can feel spring coming in um things are great never been better actually
0: you, you missed the notice about the third wave that's apparently about to descend on us. Mister Optimism well, is about to be slapped down.
2: <laughs> well, if we can, we can talk about that. I get some thoughts on that for sure.
0: Uh, let me ask you a question. Speaking of COVID, and I'm asking you this because of a story I just saw. It, through the whole lockdown and staying at home more and all the rest, have you ordered food more than usual?
2: Yeah. So um, the, the the short answer is I have. I have ordered food from time to time, but I've actually purchased food and cooked it at home more often. Um, I haven't ordered it because most of the time I've found that it doesn't travel well by the time it gets to my porch through some third-party delivery system. I just, it's just not the same, and I just don't – Yeah. So, well,
0: really- you, um, you're um, you not the only one, Jamie, because there's a story out of Detroit where this guy had ordered uh, a guy by the name of Rodney King Jr., who I looked and went, wait a second, not, no relation, just, a, just another guy named Rodney King. Co- complete coincidence, apparently, but okay. uh, Rodney King, who just wanted to get along with his food, had ordered this food to come to his door from one of those third-party delivery systems and was looking out the front peephole, I guess, or had his video camera outside on and watch the pizza come almost all the way up his front walkway when the delivery person tripped and dumped the pizza on the sidewalk, not knowing that old Rodney was in the house hungrily waiting anxiously for his pizza. Watch the delivery man scoop it up, slide it back in the box, and Uh, bring it up to the house and try and give it to him. uh, And all I could think is, how many times do you think this must happen?
2: Yeah, you've got to think that it's happen- happening way more often than we would hope that it is. But you've got to, you know, the dope delivering it has got to realize there are cameras everywhere now. You are constantly being watched. So don't even try to pull something like that over on somebody. You've got to be a complete
1: dolt to do that.
0: But But not just with the food, because you're right. Like I would be, I mean, look, I'm one of those people who for the entirety of my life has been a rule follower, uh, partially because that was how I was brought up, but also the, I'm that, I've got that personality that I just assume that if I do something wrong, I'm going to be caught. Maybe it was always being the tallest kid in class. So the short kids could get away with stuff, but I stood out. So when I would do something, I'd get caught. So that always was in my head that don't do something illegal. Don't do something stupid because you'll get caught. But now, Jamie, how does anybody not think that way with the cameras everywhere for everything, not just for food, for anything? How does anyone think they can get away with breaking a law or breaking a rule?
2: Well, I say there's, you know, I've got a very strong thought about that. I think it's, you, you said the reason that you didn't try it on most of the time was because of, of how you were raised, what you were taught. One of the things that we're not teaching is that very lesson a a lot of people haven't been doing that for a long time in fact we've been teaching people for a long time uh, that getting away with it is the goal that it's more the thing to do if you can get away with it it's like go ahead and do that but just don't get caught that that's the most important thing uh, the deception and that goes along with the death of common sense that you know I think we talked about that on this show I certainly wax on about it on my Saturday show all the time. There, there's just a, an absolute uh, a death of common sense that continues to prevail. So I think that's a death of
0: common, a death of common sense, Jamie, and of consequences.
2: Consequence and and um, we're, we we are really not pumping young people's heads full of anything that resembles a moral compass to any large degree. We've taught them that it's all about the, your individual rights, needs, wants, desires, instant gratification, you name it. I mean, I'm digging a little deep here on a pizza delivery guy,
0: but it all ties to the same thing. <laughs> it does. It does.
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me,
0: um, let me dive into the situation that's going on in China. Uh, we know that Michael Spavor was on trial today. It was a very quick thing. We've we've been following the story of the two Michaels for years now, over 800 days. They've been in custody. Uh, He went on trial today for espionage. Trial lasted less than two hours, could not see anybody from the Canadian government. Couldn't see his family was not, there was no public access, no media covered this. Um, It's, it's a foregone conclusion that he will be found guilty and that he will be sentenced. That was not decided yet, but, you know, uh, knowing all this, knowing all this, is it time for Canada to literally, to finally take a real stand against China? There would be consequences. There's no question, but understanding how things are going and that, you know, even trying to do, you know, reasonable things, it, it doesn't seem to work. Is it time for Canada just to put its foot down and say, you know what, even if it costs us economically, forget it, we're out. We're not dealing with you anymore.
2: 100% it is. Consequences be damned. Um, the, these are these are Canadian citizens that deserve to have the full force of their country and their government behind them. This is this is outrageous, and you know to to sit back and for a second and even entertain the idea of politics or even economics. I mean, give me a break. Um, you know, there, there's lots of countries in the world to do trade with. Um, you know, we've just been in the middle of a global pandemic for a year, um, and we've seen what happens to our, our economies at a, at, at a local level. We know that we can suffer through uh, tough times. Uh, us doing business or not doing business with China is not going to bring our country to its knees. Finally, things are starting to kind of show green shoots with our main trading partner south of the border. To hell with China. Get these guys out of there.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's part of the challenge is that, that I don't know. See, here's the problem. I don't know if you're going to get them out of there no matter what. And this is my issue is that you could say, well, you know, if we're really nice and we really give stuff and we really give back down on stuff, maybe they'll be nicer and they'll let them go home. Maybe, but uh, I don't, ha- based on how it seems that things are going, I don't know that that's a guarantee. And, no, and, and so... Goal. At, at some point, do you not have to, and look, I understand, I'm not, I'm not an idiot, you're not an idiot, we know that cutting ties, it would come with huge economic cost, it would come with huge economic cost, but at some point I wonder where the line comes when you simply say, we have to stand for something, and we, we like to talk about how we are all about human rights. We're all about the rights for women, which we should be. We're all about the rights for the indigenous people, which we should be. We're all about the rights for this. Well, what about, you know, the rights of the people over there? When do we stand and actually take a stand and say, it's going to cost us, but it costs to do the right thing sometimes.
2: Yeah, and it won't even cost us. It's all baloney. You know, it's it's all baloney. Um, These trading partners... Uh, need us as much as we need them. Presumably, um, you know what? Again, you've got to be able to, at some point, stand on your morals and do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. It's that simple.
0: Well, it uh, it is. That's what
2: leadership does. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, because the, the problem I think you have is, uh, and again, understanding the challenge of the economics and everything, but if you pick and choose when you do the right thing, when you then try and take a moral high ground position for something that's happening here in the country, I think people have a reasonable response to say, well, wait a second, why is it okay there, but you're telling us now it's not okay here? I think you have to be consistent.
2: I was blown away when I learned that Canada was partnering with a Chinese company to come up with a vaccine. Uh, I thought that was absolutely insane. Now, there there are those who would say, well, that's about saving human lives. How can you say that? You know, we've got to do it. That's nonsense. I mean, they, they you know, our country knew knew full well what was going on with the other scientific centers of the world that were also – working on stuff. We had no business doing any business with China while the two Michaels were in the precarious position that they were in and continue to find themselves in today.
0: We had we had we had Chinese soldiers in the country training with Canadian soldiers, Absolutely which I, I ludicrous, you're right. You know, it it just doesn't make sense. And now, and now we're going to have to make a decision very, very soon about whether or not we boycott the Beijing Olympics, which the Canadian with the federal government has to dare great shame, I would say, passed the buck and said that this is the Canadian Olympic Committee's decision to make, which is a complete abdication of what's their job to do this. They have to, the government has to decide something as big as this. Don't hand it to a bunch of bureaucrats
2: could not agree more and it's an easy decision we're not going period done end of story it is
0: um so michael uh the one michael had his trial today uh no verdict rendered but we know what's coming the other one will have his trial on monday probably another two-hour trial for something as complex as espionage and uh i mean nobody has any hope that there will be a positive outcome to this so we continue to wait and see what happens
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: I think I can say with reasonable certainty that I have never seen the magazine Teen Vogue. Uh, In fact, I'm quite positive I've never seen an edition of Teen Vogue. However, in the news today is Teen Vogue, and I'll tell you why. They have a young mixed race. I believe she's either black. I, I believe she's mixed race, but black editor who back when she's now in her late 20s. Back when she was 17 years old, she had put out some tweets that at that time were, had, were racially charged, and they had just named her editor of this magazine. Very young, very successful to get there at this point. And these tweets, I guess, have come up. And as a result, now the magazine has says, said, we've parted ways. We've told her we no longer want her leading this magazine because she, in her past, said these things about Asian people. And I got to tell you, like, we know what's been going on with, you know, if if you make a mistake, um, there is no forgiveness, even if you are seemingly truly sorrowful and, you know, want to fix it. But are, we're now at the point when if you did something as a teenager, a 17 year old. It sounds like you are now blocked from holding any position for the, and she also by the way, very vocally and publicly has talked about how she's changed her views and she's very sorry and hates that she did this. This this seems like we have now reached a point when there is not a human being on the planet who is qualified to do anything or hold any position because we've all done something stupid at one time in our life.
2: If we keep this up, nobody's going to have a job. It's um it, it's too much. Uh, it's too much. Uh, I, you know, for all the reasons that you uh, just, you know cited 17, what do you know when you're 17? Nothing um, right. So uh, if she has learned, and presumably she has and she's take and she's been accountable for the serious mistakes that she made, in the past and she has apologized for those that's good enough for me if she continued or continues to to do it in the future then goodbye but you know you, you, you can't go back um this way and and do what you're doing. But you know, apparently
0: you can because she is now out and it's because of something that was done over a decade ago as a teenager. And again, yeah, the the level ridiculous. the level of purity test that we are now applying to everybody, like there is not a perfect human being on this planet. We have all done something we regret in our past. We've all done something stupid. Every single person listening, I have, you have, everybody. Maybe not all to the same degree as everyone else, but if we're getting to the point when any mistakes you make or or, for, or regrettable things you do as a teenager exclude you from the capacity to hold a position, we're in a lot of trouble.
2: Those type those. Some of those mistakes, if, if you can learn from those mistakes quickly, they turn out to be the best thing that ever happened. Because if you learn from those mistakes, and presumably this person has, then you get to go around for the rest of your life um, teaching others how to avoid making those same mistakes. That's the essence of human relations. I mean, give me a break.
0: How, we how seen- about... Well, we seem to have completely forgotten the concept of second chance or forgiveness. Now, we seem seem to want to give second chances to people who are in prison, who have done horrible, horrible things, and they're going to get out now, and they're the ones that maybe shouldn't really get the second chance in some cases, but them, we seem to be very eager to put back into society and give a second chance. But someone who made a stupid, stupid, ill-advised, youthful mistake, that's too much.
2: Yeah, it's, 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 un, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's all part of this overcooked wokeness that's going on, uh, in the world that is, has to be running out of steam any minute. Um, which was tied to originally, uh, an overabundance of political correctness. Um, it, it, things, all things have been taken to extremes anymore. And this is just another fine example of that, and I think that it's frankly shameful that we, the greater we, cannot see that. It ties to what I said in the last segment about common sense. Um, There's almost a there's almost a hunger to do this to people, to get them. Um, there's a well, we
0: feel better. We feel superior if we can get of rid course. of the people who are the blight because of the things they've done. Because now I I'm still here, so clearly I'm superior to that person.
2: Well, and that's the whole, that's the whole culture or essence of, of the way we communicate today. I'm thinking primarily, of course, of social media. Social media engagement is all about feeling superior to everybody else. It's not about the lovely comments that people leave for you on your latest selfie with your duck lips and your sunnies on and your cute little hat. That's not what it's about. That, the, the comments that people leave, that, that's not what that's about at all. It's, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's all. Well, about I mean, a- as,
0: as I say, Jamie, I mean, look, I, I, it is, it is, I'm sure for a lot of people now, it is a terrifying thought that if they succeed at something, So that they become in any way into the public eye, there will be a horde of people going over everything they've ever put on social media or done anywhere back to their youth. And if there's anything, well, and maybe not quite that far yet, but you know, give it time. But if there's anything, were you
2: toilet trained? uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, at what point? Seventeen to me, you can't even be charged as an adult at 17 years old. There's a reason for that. You're barely allowed to drive, presumably because your brain has not fully formed yet. And now we're going to hold those decisions against you for the rest of your life. There it's just to me, it's a, well, what this is, and we got to run what this is. We are now the, 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 the rock going down the Hill is speeding up. And we're getting to the point when even the people who are clamoring the loudest, for people to be gotten rid of or to be canceled, are now finding themselves in the path of the rock that's rolling down the hill. And they're soon going to be caught up in this and consumed by this and find out, wait, maybe I wasn't pure enough. Because nobody is. We're
1: we're upside
0: down. That's
1: what we are. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Saw this story this week and a fascinating idea. But I want to hear your thoughts on this. It is a discussion that apparently some Congress people in the states have been throwing around, and it's been there's a line or a, a phrase or something thrown into a bill that's being written. It revolves around the idea that not enough Americans, now it's an American thing, but I think we can apply it to Canada, not enough Americans have saved or do save for retirement. So we have to now enshrine into law a policy that says every American by law must save for retirement. It's no longer your choice. Every time you get a paycheck, a portion of that must automatically be slipped into a mandated retirement fund. Now I can see both sides of the good and the bad of this, but what do you think? Good idea overall or bad idea?
2: Bad idea. Again, um, it's, it's nanny state stuff. This has to be a democratic-driven uh, thing, surely. Um, do, do we know? I, I, where where does this idea originate? Do we have any idea?
0: Well, it's apparently been bouncing around for some time. It's just never actually got any traction. And it's unclear from what I'm reading how much traction it has, but it's certainly being discussed. And yes, I agree 100% that this is the nanny state. The only, when I said I can see both sides, the one positive I can see is that yes? We do hear that not enough people save for retirement, and so they are then reliant on the government. But the flip side is, I I'm with you. I I don't want you know. I work hard. You work hard. Everybody works hard enough to make their money, to make their living, and some people it's barely enough to pay your bills without having them say okay. But now you've got to take a certain percentage and not use that. You need that for a lot of people.
2: Here's a better idea. Let's let's. <laughs> and we can apply this on both sides of the border as far as I'm concerned, Let, let's take, let's make it a law that the school curriculum from the age of say grade one on up teaches children about money and compounding interest and investment and saving and the value of, of money and the value of a dollar. Let's, do that. And let's make that the law of the land in in the educational curriculum from the minute they practically hit school till the time they're in grade 12. Let's do that.
0: Amen. Amen to that.
2: And then then we won't have to have stupid after-the-fact discussions about forcing people to save, because they will already have been incentivized by their knowledge of how money works and then we don't have to have this discussion at all just my point of view
0: well it's not just your point of view i mean we've had teresa cascioli on this station on this show a number of times and she has been lobbying for this for years and there has been a move lately and i believe it's across ontario that there is going to be financial literacy put into the curriculum which i think is to your point is a fantastic idea Because, I mean, think of the things that we learn in school. The idea is to prepare you for your life. And while, you know, some people who are going to go into engineering or whatever can use physics and calculus and all those things, I got to tell you, financial literacy is one of those things that everybody, no matter what you do in your life, would be applicable to what you're going to need later on. Brilliant. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. But show kids how to turn a dollar into $5 or $10 or $20. Show them what the timeline's like. Show them what they can get for their money. Um, Explain to them the the difference between needs and wants. Explain to them the benefit of delayed gratification, you know, over time. It's not hard. These These are actually really simple concepts that at one time, in our country, and maybe the United States too, um, people were being taught that every night at the dinner table for crying out loud. The, 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 the difficulty, I don't want to jinx this, because people are talking about us heading into the Roaring Twenties, and then we know what happened at the end of the last Roaring Twenties. There was a Great Depression. But my point is, you know, there's so much distance now between the last true Great Depression and where we are now, that we have no financial literacy. Um, back then, survival taught people financial literacy really quickly, and and they applied it, and uh, and they got a lot, of, a lot more of a bigger bang for their, their buck. It's, I'll
0: tell you one I mean, other thing. I, go ahead. No, I'll tell you one other thing about this idea that I find so interesting and kind of ironic is it's fascinating to me that a government would be wanting people to be planning and preparing and be really aware and concerned about their financial future when governments aren't doing anything like that. They're spending <laughs> like crazy with no concern for their financial future. And this, to me, really is the underlying part of this, is government saying, we don't want to have to be responsible because we got other things we want to spend all your money on. Yeah,
2: again, it's, um, you know, the st- the, the real simple concepts seem to have the toughest time making it through legislative uh, uh, mazes and labyrinths uh, because politics completely pollutes the simple concept on its way through. And, uh, you know, we've seen it happen with medical science in the context
1: of the pandemic as well. And I could go on and on and on. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: I am not, for the record, want to be abundantly clear here, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I have been, not yet with the COVID vaccine, but with everything else, I've been vaccinated. I've traveled around the world and had to have vaccines. It is something that I am comfortable with, but I'm reading stories. I got a story now from the Associated Press that Sweden has now joined Germany, France, Italy, and Spain among countries that have started to suspend the use of some vaccines because they are getting reports of some bad things happening, side effects, whatever else. And, you know, I'm, I'm now having a hard time personally, even figuring out what I think about these vaccines. I think we have to have them. We need to have this stuffed in order to get past this COVID eventually, but when you hear these things, and I'm assuming you've heard the same stories, does it make you wonder what we're putting into us, or are you completely okay and completely comfortable saying, "Ah, you know what? That's just a few people who have had a few reactions, and that's going to happen with anything."
2: Yeah, that's what I'm more uh, totally comfortable with. We're we're going to have a few reactions. Um, it it stands to to reason. I'm no, I'm I'm totally uh, totally jacked about the vaccines i don't have any concerns about astrazeneca versus uh j and j versus uh pfizer or moderna or any of them if they're if they've passed regulate uh, you know regulators approvals and they're out there get them in arms get them into my arm i'll take any one of them i think it's great i think it's a miracle that we were able to come up with uh, the royal we come up with these things in really in less than a year um and uh, no, I don't have any, I don't have any concerns at all. There, there's always going to be a few apples in the bunch that go a little sideways. Um, but if you step back and really look at the numbers, they're not, they're they're not at all significant. So no, I have no concerns.
0: Yeah, and, and this is this is one of the you know this is one of the issues that that gets lost in this debate. And I I mean I I tend to agree with you, but this is one of the things that gets lost here is. I, I would love to know, and I haven't seen this and I haven't been able to find it. I know the information has to be out there somewhere, but I, I would be willing to bet money that there are people who get the flu shot every year and have a reaction to it, right? Like, it's not like this is the only vaccine that is ever going to cause some sort of negative reaction. This is why when you get a vaccine, the doctor makes you sit in the office for 20 minutes afterwards every time. I mean, th- th- it's not like this is unique that there might be people who have something go wrong.
2: Yeah, and I mean, listen. There's people with uh, there's people with 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 medical health conditions that haven't even been diagnosed, and we don't know uh, whether or not there's going to be some possible side effect that connects to that undiagnosed medical condition that a person has in in their body. Um, you, you know, there's also <laughs> there's also placebo effect. Um, it, sometimes people. If people believe or think that there's going to be some kind of reaction, I'm not saying that's the case in every one of these, but there are some people that are pretty psychosomatic and they think that they're going to have a side effect. If you think it enough, you probably will have one. The mind is very strong. The mind mind can affect uh, the body in a a physical way. Again, let's step back and and look at the numbers here. The numbers are are minuscule. Nothing Nothing is absolutely perfect, but if you're talking, you know, very low percentages, then there's just no argument uh, for not taking it. And if, looks listen, here's the thing: if you don't want to take the, the COVID vaccine, then then knock yourself out. It doesn't affect me. I'll take mine. I'll be.
0: And that was going to be my next question is what if you are someone, I'm I'm sure there's people listening right now who are uncertain. And one of the things that I do have a bit of a problem with is, and we, we started talking about it with the social media thing is this sense that if you decide that you are concerned about it, you must be a wing nut or a whack job and you must be loopy. And you know what? Look, if you don't want to, I'm not going to say you can't. Or, or you should have to or something else i mean you know i don't know what this is going to mean for you for traveling or for other things down the road but you know i'm not going to mock you if you believe that you don't want to get it but that seems to be a very common position
2: yeah I, I don't think that people need to be uh i don't think that people need to be shamed for it i think they're stupid if they don't do it that's my personal opinion but but they don't need to be shamed they have i suppose they have a right to not take it um and we also have a right to uh enforce whatever regulations that come as a result of them not having had that vaccine so if if not having the vaccine means that you can't go to certain areas or you can't do this or you can't do that then that's that's your decision you've made your decision that you can live with those consequences including actually getting sick um then then knock yourself out i'll be over here healthy and traveling around the world and doing all the things i used to do See ya.
0: yeah and, and it may not even be our decision i mean it, it, right. it, it may be it's other countries that will have set these border rules and you know it, so we we may say fine and and again if you don't want to i'm not going to be screaming at you or mocking you or pointing a finger or wagging a finger in your face if you're not comfortable That's your choice. And I, you know, I believe that wholeheartedly, but I also, and we got to go, but I also believe if that's the case and if things, then if you, there are things you can't do well, then don't come complaining. If you made the choice, you're entitled to make the choice. I respect your choice, but don't be complaining. If then you are blocked out from doing things because of even other countries putting rules in,
1: but they will complain, but you're right. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML
0: let me bring back in the aforementioned and brilliant Jamie West host of the Jamie West show Saturdays from 10 till 11 here on 900 CHML and doer of many, many other things. All right. The pressure's on now. I've really plumped you up on this one now.
2: (laughs) Very Uh, intense pressure.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't know if it'll be pressure. You may have a pressure release when you hear this, uh, this next one, I just saw this story during the news break. We weren't even going to talk about this, but I just see the story that says the Ontario government this afternoon, just after five o'clock today, released its sunshine list for last year. So, in the midst of the pandemic, the sunshine list of those making a hundred thousand dollars or more came out. Take a wild guess, Jamie. How many people in Ontario last year, during a pandemic when the economy was really hurting, how many people do you think made it onto Ontario? So, how many public servants made over a hundred thousand dollars?
2: Well, I'm not a public servant. And I know I'm not on that list. Um, hundred thousand dollars is the, still the mark, eh? After all these years on that thing. Yep. Um. Oh man. Uh, Oh, several thousand. No.
0: Oh yeah. Several thousand. Now keep in mind, this is not municipal employees and this is not federal employees. This is just provincial government employees, 205,000 public employees.
2: See, I would not have, I, you could have given me three guesses and said, you know, go higher, go higher. I wouldn't have gone I would not have gone that high. That's
0: 205,000 people in this. Now, for those listening, if you are not a public employee, hands up if you're making $100,000. And I'm betting most hands are not up. And this not is 11, up, by the way. Unions. Oh, and you. Got, I tell you something else. As I said, this is in the middle of a pandemic. So there are some people that I can see with overtime or whatever, medical people, nurses, for example, that I can see, yeah, they worked a lot of overtime, so that would drive yep. the numbers up. But the number is up 23% over the year before. The leading driver of this, healthcare, which makes sense, and school sectors. School sectors. Um, Okay. You know, uh, how how is it that when so many people in the private sector are suffering, that our public employees are going up 23% are now over, more, 23% more, are now over a hundred thousand. Something seems to be terribly askew with this. Well,
2: so, something clearly is askew. When, with the exception of of healthcare, you you cannot get, you're not getting any additional value out of those bureaucracies. Um, you know, it's it's, it's my God. People can't even call the vaccine hotline, and they're without being frustrated. About it, yeah. it's it's really that's a real eye opener.
0: That I'm is I, a I, real eye opener. Yeah, you know what? It's Friday evening. It's seven twelve, almost seven thirteen. I don't want to go into the whole weekend, but this I just saw. I wasn't even going to talk about this tonight, and then I saw this, and I'm just like that to me is just stunning. Considering we're talking about private sector people who are going to be paying taxes out the wazoo forever to get ourselves out of the debt we're in, and there seems to be you know this this line that we're all in this together no way we're not all in this together we are not all in this together by any stretch of the imagination not even close no, anyway haven't haven't been from day one all right let me go to something a little more pleasant because this just gets me angry quite honestly uh and i don't want to be angry on a friday afternoon no i can't uh, stand when you're angry yeah i know uh <laughs> so i want you to tell me there is a um you know, they, they have all these companies now, whether it's ancestry.ca or other ones, all these country, companies now that allow you to find your family and find your background and find your history and all this kind of stuff. Well, one of them is now offering a tool that uses deep fake technology so you can go online and reanimate your dead relatives with this with wow. this tool. Is that really cool or is that really creepy?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I was going to say, when is somebody going to come up with a program that lets you forget your family? Right? <laughs> that's that's what a lot of people need. They need a, they need an app that lets you erase your family.
0: <laughs> a remember? brain sucking app, yes. Right.
2: So you never so you never remember them, and then you don't remember all this the dysfunction and the all of that stuff and you, you, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I think I gotta say, I, I find it a little bit fascinating, but I mostly creepy. I think mostly creepy. I've got to go lean on the mostly creepy side. What do you think?
0: Well, I, no, I like, I, am with you. I, you know, there is something to be said for memories, And if you have fond memories of a deceased grandmother or grandfather or parent or whatever, you know, to me, it's okay that you hold on to those. And if you have video, I guess, I mean, is it really different? I don't know. But if you have video of this person, you can go back and watch that and see them. To have someone make this fake computerized, bring them back to life kind of thing, to me, yeah, it it falls into the, uh, I don't know, really weird, into the really weird,
2: yeah, the fascinating part is that that it's possible to create those moving images. That that's interesting. But yeah, no, um, I'd rather just have, as you say, I'd rather just have the memories. Wh- what we what we do typically with those memories is we we tend to uh, over romanticize them anyway, and I think that's a good thing as time goes on. Um, that they're, you know, polished as time goes on and uh, just leave it at that, you know, come on. Well, I'm no
0: psychologist and I'm no grief counselor for sure, but I I, I do believe there is something in the idea that in time you want to accept that the person is gone. I mean you don't want them to be gone but you want to accept that you know okay we have those memories but they're not still with us and if you can just go onto the computer and click and have a conversation I don't even know how this works but to bring this person back to life in some way you know in, in visually digitally kind of kind of defeats the whole idea you can keep this person alive now forever and, and maybe some people will say that's a great thing I don't know I think it I think that
2: it could work the other way too in t- in terms of uh psychology and emotion I think that it could be traumatic for, for, for people not not because of the the person that's being brought back to life in this form uh, did anything wrong or anything like that but it even people that you want to uh, uh, bring back I, I think as you point out it could reopen a bunch of things and and you know not not help you get that that closure. I, I think there's a possibly a case to be made for it could, it could wind you up emotionally. And, and that could cause you uh, some emotional pain that you didn't. Yeah.
0: Possibly. And especially, especially, and look, I, I am so thankful uh, that, that this is not a situation that I've ever found myself in. Same with you that we, you know, we don't have a child who has passed away. And so I can well, only imagine if you are a parent who has lost a child, that this would be probably very tempting. Because, uh, you know, I, I can't understand, but we can, we're both parents, we could probably imagine the torment of that and the desperation to be able to see your kid again. I, I, like, I completely understand. No, I don't understand. I completely imagine that. But again, I, I'm not sure that that would be helpful. And maybe it would, maybe there'd be psychologists or whatever who would say, no, this would be a wonderfully helpful thing for you to be able to have a chat with your child. I I don't know though, that, that sounds to me like we're getting into something really, really, um, science fictiony, weird, gross kind of thing.
2: I, I, I guess, I guess time will tell because, because the advent of this kind of thing, you know, this, this evolution is only going to, uh, continue and, and it's a much longer discussion to have later about the deep fake technology and all the nasty stuff that will come with will come with that um, in terms of identities and who was where when and and crime and everything else um, but in the context of what you're discussing here I just um, knowing knowing that it it's not real that it's a it's a facsimile. I just, I just don't see how most people would want to go there, even people that have lost kids. Because most people, you know, unfortunately, who have, who have suffered that kind of trauma, they've got photographs, they've got video, lots of it, that they can go to of the real human life that existed as opposed to this. No, that's,
0: my now, that's and, and I agree, but that said, we know this is going, I, I mean, I don't expect anything other than this is going to become more and more and more common because we can do it. And if you can do it, I think that we have shown that uh, as people, when you have the capacity to do it, we, the one thing we don't have the capacity to do is then to not use that technology.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, 100%. I haven't seen it happen yet.
0: Uh, my list of things, Jamie, that I wanted to get through to talk is still really long. So let's just jump to one more, and we're going to have to leave a bunch of these because, boy, it was a week. There was a lot of stuff. But um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, and again, this is a total uh, – like I don't even know how to do a segue from what we just talked about to this one. So just everyone just take a deep breath, and we'll – okay, fresh start. Um, there is an Ontario MPP, an NDP MPP, who is bringing forward a, a, a backbenchers bill – Uh, what do you call it? Not a backbench, a... um, Private um, Member's Bill. Private Member's Bill. Thank you, yes. Uh, Called the, let me find the name of it here, the Temptation Be Gone Act. The Temptation Be Gone Act. And this would allow governments to ban any kind of junk food when you're waiting at the checkout at the supermarket or at the store. Any of those impulse buy setups that have chocolate bars or chips or pop or whatever, it would ban those because they're bad for us, and therefore the government should be able to say, "No, you cannot sell those there. They have to be tucked away somewhere else." I guess you can only have, you know, tofu chews and uh, asparagus spears or something. By the, I don't, I don't know what you would have there. But what do you think of the idea of having that 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 be banned? That you're no longer permitted to sell that there, so that you wouldn't go and buy it. Who is
2: this clown? First of all, and and what riding do they represent? I mean. Honestly, it's important to say the name so we can all remember. Uh, it's who, the
0: NDP MPP for Nickel Belt. For which Sudbury? I guess is up in Sudbury area, yeah.
2: Do we have a name on this individual or not? Uh,
0: according, uh, let me see here. Uh, keep talking while I see if I can find yeah, him, but, it. Um, and
2: the reason that the reason that I, I think it, it's important if it's available, it's not a do or die to say the name is because I, I want as many idiots sitting in government identified as possible um because i'm i'm sick and tired of people sitting in the legislature with stupid ideas like this
0: according to the national post it is ndp health critic france gelina who has introduced the temptation be gone bill aimed at treats high in fat sugar and sodium
2: nickel belt mpp be gone is well yeah it,
0: when when and again i we just said in the last little topic there in the last topic that you know we have never as people been able to once we create something in technology we've never been able to show the ability to not use it which is why you know it can anything can be used for good but it can also be overused or used in a weird way we have never seen government, and not just this, not just her, not just her party, any party, any, anybody who gets in it, we've never seen uh, when people give stuff back, governments always step forward and try and take more and more and more away. Even those that claim to be very much not about governance, there's always stuff that encroachment of taking away liberties and people then have to fight to get those things back. This is not an end to our liberty by any stretch. But it's just another example of the government knowing better or the elected officials knowing better and helping us save ourselves from ourselves. And you know what? I would much prefer to say, I'll tell you what, you start working to try and whittle down our $400 billion provincial debt and you start working on some other things that you know really are things only you in a position of elected officialdom can do and let me decide on my diet.
2: Right, and here's the thing about that, and I, I've said this many, many times, been very consistent on the air for years about the whole idea of junk food. Um, have at it. Go, go nuts. Knock yourself out if that's what you want to do. There's plenty of, of science and medical evidence uh, as to why you should consume that stuff in moderation, if at all, and I'm okay with government raising taxes On said food products that are clearly identified as not good for us, go ahead raise raise taxes by a couple of pennies. I don't if that's going to help pay for the for the health care for your diabetes after the fact. That's fine, but you shouldn't be you shouldn't have to have it put you know in brown paper bags and behind the counter like dirty magazines used to be back in the day. I mean, this is this is just more insanity and and more trying to legislate common sense into people.
0: Um, well, why why can a government not and and I know that there you know there will be answers but why could a government not demand that every person eat a certain amount of vegetables every day? I mean, eventually, why why could that yeah. not be something that they would say that you must eat four carrots a week? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they would ever prove it, but I mean <laughs> if they're going to tell us how to eat why could they not tell us how many hours a day? Why could they not create a thing that says, we're going to have a, 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 a device in your house to make sure the TV goes off at a certain time of night to make sure you go to sleep?
2: That's right. Or count your steps. Like, it's not, we don't believe you anymore that your Apple device is counting your steps for you. We're going to need to have that. Uh, you're going to need to print something out and attach it to your annual tax return so we can figure out how many steps you've taken on an annual basis to make sure that you now qualify for health care. <laughs> like, you can go, you, the, the possibilities on this kind of crap is just, is endless.
0: It is. Um, and it sounds ridiculous. And I know you and I are both exaggerating and I get that, but at the same time, the suggestion that you shouldn't be able to have food that you might be interested in buying available to you or visible to you is also crazy. It's this is, it is still I know that we we things are being pulled back in some cases. We talked about it in the very first segment or second segment today. Things are being pulled that back to us, but it's still a free country, or at least theoretically, it's supposed to still be you and me choosing what we do for ourselves. Well, exactly.
2: Um oh my I, I can't. Again, I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that this guy in the Nickel Belt, who's obviously been breathing in too many of the chemicals up there, uh, has, has thought that this could be his, his great contribution. Her, her, sorry, her contribution to the, to, to uh, her, her uh, constituents. Uh, oh man i'm just stymied by this it's man we've got quality major quality control issues in the legislature what can i say
0: i just i love the name the temptation be gone because if you don't have chocolate bars at the counter all your temptations will be gone Th- i mean i think there's other temptations that people seem to be un- unable to control in our society that maybe we well, should be looking at legislating if we're going to do so before chocolate bars right.
2: Well, I was worried at first, at first the line was breaking up, when you first said it was the temptation be gone, Bill, I thought at first it was the temptations be gone, Bill, and I was thinking, how come that's <laughs> either one of Motown's best groups? I, right. I, I want the temptations more, not less.
0: Yeah, that's right. It was originally going to be the four tops be gone, Bill, but then they decided by vote that, no, we like their music even a little bit more. And then the wait, OJs came into play and they said, no, no, we like the OJs too, so we can't get rid of them. Wait, Marvin Gaye. Have... <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, please. Don't we,
2: have a, don't we already have a tops be gone uh, uh, law in Ontario that you can actually walk around without your top on? So I think that's already been taken care of.
0: You know, that, that's a good discussion for another day because that was one that it was in Guelph and the woman's name was Gwen Jacob and she was the one that really fought for women to have the right to go topless in Ontario and it was a huge story and there was enormous news coverage and there was all the concern and all the discussion that Gwen Jacob was going to blaze a trail and soon we were going to see women everywhere walking around Canada topless and I'll tell you, uh, since that day and that was probably 1989 or 90 or earlier, I can't remember a seeing a single woman walking topless in Canada.
2: I'm with you. I have not I've not seen one. I've seen them walking topless on beaches in the Dominican Republic, but not Different here. Different story.
0: Different story. Seems like much ado was made about an awful not much. However, it. it was a good story at the time. Uh, listen, we got to run. That is uh, Jamie West. You can hear him tomorrow morning from 10 till 11 on his own show. It's called The Jamie West Show. Very easy to remember. Way easier than we had a previous show <laughs> that was, what were you thinking? But now it's The Jamie West Show. Unforgettable. Uh, thanks for doing this. Always appreciate having you on. Scott,
1: it's always fun. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.